Welcome to the Access Church Podcast. Grab out your note sheet and let's jump right into today's sermon. Uh, Jesus, what we're talking about today, it's, it's so cool to see about what you really care about and who you really bless and who you really desire to, um, to come alongside, Lord. There's no surprises with you. You, you tell us and you show us um, how you want to walk with us and interact with us, but you also show us what you expect. And so, God, I, I pray that uh, today that we could be a community that we embrace humility, that we would recognize our own arrogance at times, and we wouldn't be afraid to repent of that, to completely trust you no matter what people think of us. We trust you to stay humble, knowing that you can strengthen us and lift us higher than we can strengthen ourselves or lift ourselves up in life. And this story of Jesus, you coming to this earth, it's powerful because I'm always fascinated by who you reveal yourself to. And so God, I just pray that you would open our minds, open our hearts, the distractions of our bills, our friends, our stresses, our insecurities, our shame. Lord, that's from Satan. And we just bind that right now in your name and put it at the cross. We've been forgiven so we can come to you with a clear conscience and with a humble heart saying we need you. Praise in your name, Jesus. Amen. Um, the thesis of today, and then we'll jump into the passage, Luke chapter 1. Jesus loves all. Jesus loves all. John 3.16, right? Even if you don't go to church, you've probably seen it at a football game, or you grew up with it, someone said it, right? God so loved the world, and, and the, over and over the Bible says he loves all. But I want to be very honest with you. What we're going to see in the past today and throughout the book of Luke, this biography of Jesus' life, we have someone that investigated, is it true about Jesus? That's what I love about Luke. Christians aren't afraid of facts. We're not afraid of history. We're not afraid of these things. Bring it on. Now, that alone doesn't make you a Christian. It takes faith. But our faith is not on nothing. We have a basis for it, a confidence in it. And so Luke really helps us with that. But Luke really wants to reveal, saying, look at who God interacts with. Throughout the book of Luke, the biography is, look at how Jesus responds, because that shows you everything about God. Because if you don't understand God, you don't understand life. I'm going to say this again. If you don't have a good concept of God, you will not be able to live a good life. So that's really important. As much as we want to educate our kids in math and science and see a good career and all that kind of stuff, parents, make sure they have a good understanding of God. That'll help them succeed more than even an education. Education's good, but God is more important. So that's what Luke is trying to do. Today, what we're going to talk about is this. Jesus loves all, but he reveals himself to and blesses the humble. That's a theme. Jesus loves all, but he really reveals himself to and really blesses those who are humble. We see this from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Now, of course, is it we have Bible passages that say, well, yeah, but the Bible says that the sun, the sun shines on those who are good and those who are evil. Yeah, yeah, people get the residual effects of God's goodness because he loves all. But when we really talk about powerful blessing and really revealing himself so that we can see him clearly, see situations clearly, uh, God really goes to those who are humble. Even people coming, becoming Christians, Right? people that want to give their lives to him, the only way you can do that is through humility. You can't come in arrogance. So even becoming a Christian takes humility. 
and then being a Christian who really walks closely with Jesus, sees miracles, has him reveal himself to, uh, to you, it takes humility. Now, when I talk about arrogance and humility, I want to understand this. It's not you either, either humble or you're arrogant and you're one of two camps. The reality is it's like a teeter-totter. All of us have humility and arrogance, and they're fighting for power to see who can kind of get right. All of us have it. The, the key is put the weight on the humility side to get rid of the arrogance, but we're all battling arrogance in some, in some way, right? And what, what Jesus is going to say is, hey, focus on humility because the world's going to say you need to be arrogant at times. You need to be prideful. You need to be self-centered because that's the only way to make it in this world, really. So when you take photos, take it of yourself, make yourself look good. When you're going for a job, make sure you step on that person in order to get it. And, you know, I remember uh, one time uh, praying about a job and the Holy Spirit said, don't just pray for yourself, pray for someone else that I might give that job to them. And in my mind, I'm like, I don't want to do that. I want the job. Revealing that arrogance of me first, not that person first, right? But when we're humble, we really put ourselves in God's hands. Jesus loves all, but reveals himself to and blesses the humble. Luke 1, the story of Jesus coming to this world, we see it immediately. Ready? Here we go. In the time, in verse 5, in the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Just so you know, he's saying this. We don't care that much. But when Luke was written, he was trying to show that prophecies were being fulfilled and how valid they were uh, as far as the lineage. So whenever you read about lineage, it's just them saying, proving to people that, hey, they came from the right line because there's prophecies about where John the Baptist would come from. There's prophecies about where Jesus would come from. And so that's all why they're, they're putting those names in. But he goes on to say that both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. It takes a lot of humility. You got to remember that in this society, they consider God's blessing by how many kids you had. I don't know how we do that today. Maybe today it's if you have good health, and God's probably blessed you. Maybe in some camps, there's if you have kids, you know, God's kind of blessed you. But some of this is even subconsciously, right? If we have money in the bank account, God has blessed me. We use those words. If I keep moving up the, the corporate ladder, God has blessed me. But you really find out a lot about humility when you're following God and you don't receive the promotion. You don't receive the kids you wanted. You don't receive the money in the bank account. You don't receive those things. Where we see the humility of this couple is God gave them nothing but himself, and they said, that's enough for me. We can't imagine the ridicule, but people look down, and on, on top of that, he was a priest. Shouldn't you be godly as a priest? But they kept following. Despite the situation, despite the circumstances, it was about who God is rather than what he, he's expected to give us. And look how God blesses them, chooses them, out of this whole world and how he looks at them. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty, he was serving as priest before God. He was chosen by lot, which is really rolling of the dice. He was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn the incense. 
This was a big deal, just so you know. You only did this one time in your life. You're never able to go back into the temple again and do this. And so it was one of those things that was by chance, by circumstance. Have you ever had that happen in life? You look back on your life, you're like, that was lucky. That was fortunate. That was, right? You, you see, God blesses us many times in ways that are never supernatural. You just think, oh, that was a, that was a close one. I, I was rolling the dice and it just happened to go my way. Yeah, and God's in control, not only the supernatural, but the dice and how they roll too. That's what the scripture's gonna show us. He blesses in many different ways. That's why we always praise him because he blesses us in ways that we don't even see. We don't even give him credit for. So we're just gonna give him credit for everything. But this was very fortunate, but this is where God wanted him. He wanted the dice to roll that way and for him to have this opportunity. By the way, this is also something that uh, in this society, amongst the priesthood, you were given honor if you're able to go into the temple this way. So here's a man that outside of the temple, it's kind of like, ah, bummer, dude, no kids. Maybe God's judging you for something. All right, I'm gonna keep serving, I'm gonna keep serving year after year after year, nothing, 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 nothing. And God's like, I'm gonna give you honor at the right time. And so he goes in and says that when the time for the burning of the incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Verse 11, then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of the incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you, will, uh, you are to call him John. Now, what's interesting about that, it's he's heard your prayer, but we're going to see that he obviously thought he was too old to bear kids, so he hadn't been praying this prayer in a while. You ever been there? Pray to God for weeks and months and years for something, and you're like, you give up? Not going to happen. The spouse I want, the job I want, the money I want, the health I want. We forget about it, but God doesn't. God doesn't. So he wasn't, he was praying this prayer currently. He prayed the prayer, but he'd given up maybe hope that was going to happen. But even though he gave up hope in the circumstance, he never gave up hope in God. There's a difference there. Ah, that's not going to work out, but God is still God. I'm still going to be a priest. I'm still going to worship. We're still going to be faithful to him. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you're to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, which all parents want to hear. All right. And many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He's to never take wine or other fermented drink. Now he's directing them how to raise this child. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children, the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Verse 18, Zechariah then asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. I want to encourage you with this too. That many of us try to figure out how God is going to bless us. And so we're already afraid or nervous by what we can figure out. Many times God will do miracles and it's beyond your thinking and it will be miraculous. So don't worry about how it'll happen. Just thank God that in his time he will make it happen. Right? Some of us, we get worried. There's no way he can do it. Says who? And so he says, how can I be sure of this? And the angel said to him, I am Gabriel. Look at how he answers him. How can I be sure? 
I am Gabriel, first of all. Just so you know, there's only two angels ever named in the Bible. This is one of them. Two of them were in the Old Testament. Gabriel shows up again. So he's pretty much saying, gave him his name. And the name Gabriel just means, I am strong in the Lord. What he's saying is, first of all, I'm strong in the Lord. I'm an angel. I'm cool. You're not, right? And then he goes on to say, I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. Did he answer the question? This is the interactive time. Did he answer the question? No, not really. How's it going to happen? Some of us ask, God, how's it going to happen? I'm God. No, that, that's not my question. My question is, how's it going to happen? That's right. I, I want to help some of us that are struggling in our faith. God will not make clear the future. All he's going to make clear is who he is. And then you trust him for the future. These guys were humble. Life was not easy, and they know that people look down on them, but they never deviated from God. And think about this. This one time in history, John the Baptist, there's only one John the Baptist in the world. He was able to proceed before Christ comes. He was related to him, and he's preparing the way. And when a king of kings came to the world, he didn't come to the popular, he didn't come to the rich, he didn't come to the most knowledgeable he came to a small town to people that others looked down on and said, I'm going to bless you. Why? Because God doesn't view people the same way we do. He's looking for the humble. He's looking for the faithful. To him, not to whatever the circumstances are in life. That's when God will bless you. And at the right time, he lifted them up. They didn't know that they were going to be in the Bible. They didn't know that. God wasn't going to like, you know, how's it going to happen? Well, what I'm going to do, and your name's going to be in Scripture, and there's going to be churches that preach about it. Oh, awesome, right? He didn't say any of that. Just trust me. Jesus loves all, but he reveals himself and blesses the humble. This is the story of the Son of God coming in. we got to see at the beginning of the story, who does he come to? I mean, let's keep going. Let's, let's now look at um, when Jesus is pronounced and again, who he comes to. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. It says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. Again, giving names to show that everything that the prophecies were about in the Old Testament came true. That's, all, that's why they're doing those names there. Not for you to memorize and be knowledgeable about, but it's good to know. And so it says that um, the virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. We're going to see why she was highly favored later on, because you're going to see her response. But she was already a young woman of humility, a young woman who was faithful. And you're going to see this in her character. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. You have found favor with God. He favors the humble. He wants to reveal. Some of us, what I want us to think through, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm going to let God speak to you. But some of us, maybe we're struggling in seeing God or hearing God. And it's a desert that God doesn't necessarily want us to go through, but he's like, I'm trying to break you down as far as I need more humility because you're not going to be able to receive or respond to what I want to do. I want to bless you, but you can't handle the blessings. 
Because if God blesses you in your arrogance, it'll actually destroy you and it won't glorify him. I remember when I was younger, I was a little bit more on the poor side most of the time growing up. So almost everybody financially was more well off than me. You know what was interesting though is I started working at 14 um, and I had to. Mom had no money, so if I wanted to do anything, she's like, you figured out. And so, but what was interesting, a lot of my friends given cars, given things, you know, all these kind I remember at a young age being like, ah, they're so lucky and things like that. But you know what's interesting is as you grow up then, these kids that are getting everything, when the parents aren't there, the safety net's gone, they don't know how to manage themselves, they don't know how to manage their money, or they think they're going to get everything. It actually hurts them in life. I really paid off because I could balance a checkbook at 15, back when you had to. Some of us remember that, right? It took a little bit of work. But it's one of those things, I, I was thankful for what I despised when I was 14, but I was thankful when I was 15, 16, 17, 18, and as I grew up, and I knew how to manage money. And I think God's the same way as far as like, I know you want the blessings, but I need you in a certain space to be able to receive the blessings, not only for your own benefit, because then the blessings glorify me. Sometimes God blesses us in our arrogance. He never gets the glory, and we never really can receive it the way he wants us to. Something for us to think about. Putting more weight, again, on that teeter-totter of humility and then you're going to see God more, hear God clearly. And so it says that as we go on, that we, we find this humble woman who was chosen, young woman. And he said, do not be found. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He'll be great, and he'll be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord uh, will give him the throne of the, his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Can you imagine, as a, she's probably a teenager, hearing this? Like, what, wait, say that again? Again, small town, not known. It, it just reminds us of, sometimes I think God, we think God thinks about the important people. And he's like, no, I think about the humble people. He blessed a no-name girl out in the middle of the country in a small town saying, you're going to raise the son of God. What? None of us would do that. We're like, not Mary. <laughs> she hasn't been to parenting classes. She hasn't been to school yet. She's a, she doesn't know anything. She's only 16, 17. And it, by the way, it helps some of us too that are younger where we think, oh, I'll really know God when I'm older. No, 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 no. God wants to choose you now. Humble yourself at 16. Humble yourself at 26. Some of us, we were humble then, but then we got money. We got the job. We got this. We got that. And we became arrogant. We think we're going to control our retirement. We're going to control our health. We're going to control situations. We need to go back and humble ourselves like when we were younger. And so she says, how will this be since I'm a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive in her, is in her sixth month. And then this is what he says, for no word from God will ever fail. And look at her response. I mean, if that happens, first of all, you got to remember, it's just like, this is why God needed her to be humble because she was about to be ridiculed now. Imagine being 16, 17, 18, going to your parents being like, hey, I'm pregnant. How'd it happen? Oh, the Holy Spirit. That's not going to go off too well. Like, oh, really? Oh, awesome. Yeah, you know, son of God, kind of, yeah, not going to work. Like we read the Bible and we make it all religious. Like, oh yeah, everybody's like, of course, this is what's supposed to happen. Nobody believed this. That's why he needed someone humble. Like, you got to trust me. It's like, ah. And if you did this today, if you do it, 
it's a lot different. Back then, she was going to be ostracized. She could be ostracized from her family. We, could, we see that, uh, that her husband, Joseph, actually debated if he should kind of divorce her because, you know, I don't want to be associated with her. So being a single mom then, boom, your life's over. No money, no support, no federal programs, no nothing. And look at her response. This shows her humility. I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. When God shows up, Luke chapter one, who does he go to? When you read the book of Luke, I want to encourage you. I hope you're reading Luke through because I'm going to be in it for four or five months. Just read through. What I want you to watch is look how God interacts with people and who he interacts with. It should do two things. One, give you comfort that you are nev- never think you're outside the hand and the blessing of God as long as you humble yourself. He's going to come to you. He's going to reveal. He's going to speak. He wants to work with you and he wants to work through you. And that's, that's awesome. What we see through Luke is that though God doesn't need people, he loves people. And he wants to walk with you and he wants to work through you. And it should then alter the way we think how we view other people. Because God has treated us that way, then we can go and we can love and serve and bless people the same way. And that's why as a church, we're going to focus on our community. We're going to focus on Mexico. We're going to focus on people in Ukraine. We're going to go wherever we can that God wants to send us. Why? Because he did that for us. But we see from the beginning that God is looking, but he's looking for people who are humble. What is humility? Well, when we really unpack that, and this is what I want to discuss in connection groups, so I want to think this through. Humility is important because it's, I would define as this, it's obedience. So yes, God. It's obedience because of who he is, not if it makes sense. A lot of times we obey God if it makes sense. Hey, I want you to be generous. Well, if it makes sense financially, otherwise I won't. Hey, I want you to uh, love others and forgive others, but only if it makes sense. Only if they're really sorry and they cry and they grovel. But if I don't like them, I'm not going to forgive them. Right? We kind of have this selective way of doing things. And what I want to encourage you with this, humility, and humility is not just bashing yourself, being like, oh, I'm a loser. That's called low self-esteem. That's not humility. Right? That's not good. No, you're creating the image of God. And yeah, we're all messed up in some way, but we have the image of God in us. Humility is not necessarily bashing yourself. It's just not putting yourselves above God or other people. And it's this mindset that we see. I'm going to obey God because of who he is, not if it makes sense. And that's what Zechariah was and his wife Elizabeth. That's what Mary and Joseph were. So God went to them, not who was perceived to be spiritual or perceived to kind of have it all together. And what we see is that favor from God comes in both natural and supernatural ways. That when God wants to give you favor, just, you know, a lot of times when we think of the favor of God, it's always like financial or health and things like that. Here's where we also need the blessing of God is just spiritually. That God would give us supernatural, right, peace, supernatural comfort, supernatural hope, supernatural love. So God wants to bless you not just in the natural, but in the supernatural. How do I receive that? Humility. What Luke is showing is like, hey guys, who does God reveal himself to? 
the humble. Look at the passages that, that show the importance of this. Psalm 25, 9. He guides the humble. He guides who? So he's being specific. I'm not going to do people that are arrogant and life's about me. And I'm only going to follow God if it makes sense. And if it works out and if I'm comfortable with it and if I'm in the right mood, uh-uh. He guides the humble. People that, I'm God, I'm going to, you're God, I'm not. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't know how you're going to do it. Holy Spirit can say, okay, that doesn't make sense, but I'm going to trust you, right? He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. He teaches the humble. He gives them wisdom. He teaches the humble of where to make a left turn and a right turn in life and how to make decisions. He teaches them in what is right. We see when Jesus spoke in Matthew chapter 5, verses 3 through 8, the Sermon on the Mount. Look at who he said is blessed. And just so you know that we, we make the word blessed like some kind of supernatural spiritual. It just means happy. It means joyful. Look at what Jesus says. Happy are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Just so you know the Greek words for poor in spirit, it actually means a beggar. Happy if you're begging God. Saying, God, I have nothing. It's all you. Now, we look down on that person being like, oh, we need to pray for them. You know, they've got a begging spirit. They put... And the Bible says, uh, no, they're actually above you right now. <laughs> oh, I don't need that kind of prayer. I got myself together. Oh, I don't need that kind of prayer. Things are good. No, we got to fight to stay humble, being like, oh, God, all good things. Come. Like, I got to beg you for anything. Like, you, you provide all good things. Rather than, you provide some, but I'm going to make other things happen. And Jesus is saying, listen, listen to me. This is the Son of God. Blessed, happy are those who are actually poor in spirit. For theirs is actually the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn. Wait a second, no. When someone mourns, we want to give them a happy Bible verse. I say, all things work out for those who love, right? We want to, we, I want you to be happy right now. And God says, no, blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who have a broken heart over what's happening in Ukraine. Blessed are those who have a, a broken heart for those who are trafficked. Blessed are those who have a broken heart about kids that are abandoned in Mexico. It's okay to mourn. It's okay to grieve the sins of our world, the sins in politics, the sins in our schools, the sins in our society. It's okay to mourn that because it actually draws you to God saying, oh, we need Jesus. No politics, no money is going to be able to fix this. Only Jesus, right? And, and it actually says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God will comfort you. You are humble, and he will bless you. Blessed are those who are meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Hunger and thirst. A humble person desires righteousness more than riches. A humble person desires righteousness more than a long life here because they're going to get a long life after here. Let me ask you a question. Honestly, what are you hungering for right now? <laughs> okay, that's good. No, that's a, that's a good answer, yeah. Now all of us, you got us all thinking about McDonald's right now, right? Yeah. But what are you hungering and thirsting for? For a kid, it might be McDonald's, but for, I'm going deeper for some of us right? Some of us, righteousness, doing right in the sight of God, obeying him despite, 
Is that on the forefront? Is that something we really think about? Like, Lord, I want to, how do I do that? I want, we're thinking about it. We're praying about it. Or is it kind of like, no, 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 no. That's the pathway of the humble. He said, but listen, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. God will bless you. He will fill you. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Another act of humility, being merciful to people. And blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. The pure in heart. What does it mean to be pure in heart? It means that there's no, there's nothing there that's dirty. You're not, you're not desiring the things of the world. That's pure in heart as far as I just want to see Jesus glorified. We got some songs that speak to this. And I just want you to like bathe in this and think about this. Because for our church to be blessed, for our church to hear from God, to see God clearly, it's not going to be programmed. It's not going to be better worship, better preaching, better interactions, better that. It's, not, it's going to be the hardest thing for every person to do, and that's be humble. Remove yourself from the center of the universe. Be humble. Don't think you have to figure out life. Because that's not faith. Faith is saying, I don't know how you're going to do it, God, but if I stay humble and connected to you and obeying you even when it doesn't make sense, you're going to lift me up out of this situation. You're going to give me clarity. That's what's going to help us as a church. Humility. Yay, we get to talk about being humble, right? It's not something that in our world, it's like, no, 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 make it about you. But what you're going to find over and over in Luke is, that the way to success spiritually is completely opposite of the way the world does it. <laughs> completely opposite. And that's where you're gonna find success. So the worship team's gonna come up right now. And as we sing songs to God, about God, I just encourage you right now, some of us think of worship as like, oh, it's kind of a way to filler, like this last, like, all right, we fill out the service. No, 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 just so you know we worship because I want God to speak directly to you now through these words. I want him to speak to you about what does it mean to be humble this week? Where do we need to make changes saying, ooh, I'm showing arrogance there. Where are, we, where are we having a situation where God is trying to come to us like he did Zechariah or like he did Mary and speak to us saying, I want to do this through you, but you're like, ah, you're resisting. Or maybe for some of us, we need to re uh, repent of our arrogance being like, you know what? I don't hunger and thirst for anything that God does. I hunger and thirst for my own success, not his. Maybe today's going to be about repentance, being like, I got to get rid of that. Because if not, I'm going to have a hard time walking with him and even hearing from him and being blessed by him. One of the great ways we represent that is just, you know, taking communion. And just so you know, we got these new communion cups. I hope you guys like them a little bit, hopefully easier than the others. Um, so the, the, um, the wafer's on the bottom. So you want to get that first and then you go to the top. So just, so you know, a little bit of an adjustment there. But communion, what it does, it reminds us, it reminds us of not only the love of God, but the humility that he was willing to die for us. That this King of kings and Lord of lords, the one who knows you and created you, um, he died for you in your place. And that he is our inspiration. You know what? If God is humble, who doesn't need to be humble, I probably do need to show some humility. And I also want you to recognize this, that the beauty of taking communion is what you recognize is that Jesus died, but also he entrusted himself to God, the Father who lifted him up, right? And no matter where you die, he will resurrect you. Trust him. You might feel like, bro, I'm in the grave. All right. But let him resurrect you by being humble and trusting yourself to him. So Jesus, we come before you now. and Lord, my prayer as a church is that we would never be 
arrogant in ourselves or even our church, like thinking it's about access. It has nothing to do with access. There's thousands of churches that are doing amazing things. We're just one of thousands and thousands. It's not about our name, it's about your name. And Jesus, I pray for some of us that you just change our hearts. We love money. We love pleasure. We love ourselves. And the hardest thing is for us to be like, just trusting you that you'll take care of us. God, give us the faith of Zechariah that no matter the situation, thinking like, you know what? It's never gonna happen. That he trusted you and watched that you were the one that blessed him. So God, we recognize that all good things come from you. And I pray that we can be a church that receives it and individuals that receive it, that we can hear from you and have hearts to receive from you. So that this life is not all on our shoulders. The weight of this world is not all on our shoulders, but we just get to sit atop your shoulders walking with you, Jesus. So we worship you now in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information or to get in contact with our pastoral staff, please go to go to accesschurch.com.